to these roots. And they would have been familiar, very familiar to the Pharisees. God is spoken of as a shepherd in the 23rd Psalm. David is a shepherd boy who will be the true shepherd who care for God's sheep. These and other familiar references, familiar to the Pharisees, pale in comparison to Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34, you ought to read it. Ezekiel defined God as the good shepherd of Israel, the people as sheep to be led and protected, and the leaders as false shepherds who harm the sheep. When Jesus called out the Pharisees as bad shepherds using words from Ezekiel, faithless leaders knew exactly what Jesus was saying. From Ezekiel chapter 34, God speaks directly to the false shepherds. You have not strengthened the weak, you have not healed the sick, nor abandoned the injured, neither brought back the strayed, nor sought the lost, but with force and harshness you have ruled them. They have scattered on a day in deep darkness and become food for wild animals. God's chief concern is for the good and well-being of the sheep, that's us. I will search for my lost sheep, bring back the strayed, rescue them, strengthen them. Then Ezekiel recounts what God will do to the bad shepherds who feed themselves but don't feed the sheep. He says, I will feed them with justice. Isn't that a great line? I will feed them with justice. He's describing, Jesus is describing the Pharisees as false leaders. And we can imagine their reaction. In upcoming verses, John's Gospel speaks of Jesus as the Good Shepherd who brings life, protection, guidance, abundant life. The Gospel of John is about life. And so the passage thus ominously contrasts the shepherd who enters the sheepfold by the gate and the thief and the bandit who climb in another way. Then, as in now, in agricultural societies, there is a sheepfold. It's an enclosure of stone wall, one side of the, in the circle, one side of the circle is the house, the outside wall of the house. There's one opening to the sheepfold, one gate, and the sheep are carefully guarded and kept close and protected. Thievery was common, and it would be devastating for this side these people to lose sheep. They were a source of food and clothing and bartering and religious sacrifice. So several families would share a sheepfold and a trusted gatekeeper would guard the sheep. He would at night lie down across the opening, across there, and his body would be the gate. His body would become the gate. Gatekeeper would recognize true shepherds who brought their sheep in. The shepherd would know the sheep by names, and the sheep would know his distinctive voice. You begin to see why Jesus brings this up so often, and why John calls him the shepherd of the sheep. In Western cultures, when there's a flock of sheep, the, the, the shepherd 
follows the sheep. He drives them forward. But in the Middle East, shepherds are still seen today walking out in front of their flocks, repeatedly calling to them by name to keep them together. I see us as a flock of sheep sometimes, with our good shepherd leading us. Did the Pharisees get it now? Did they see what he was saying? Did they say, thank you, Jesus? I understand it. No, they didn't. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me, that is, the wicked leaders like the Pharisees, are thieves and bandits. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus said, I am. That's God's name for God's self, the divine I am. We come to know a lot about Jesus, and he says throughout this book of John, when he says, I am. <clears throat> we read about the merging of the divine I am with the human. That is to say, the divine I am merges with the expressions we have as humans, human longing. We, what do we long for? For bread and life, for truth and light. We long to know the way. These are things we all yearn for and sometimes deep longings are like cold, dark, empty rooms until Jesus brings warmth and light to fill them with God's promise, God's mercy, His peace and joy, direction, loving kindness. At the point of our deepest journey, God comes to us. God and the Son, the divine I am, comes to us. We long for bread. Jesus said, it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven, and it gives light to the world. The disciples said, Lord, give us this bread. You remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, I am. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Our deepest yearnings are for life. Jesus stood with Martha on the road leading to the grave of her four days dead brother. And she said, I know Lazarus will rise again at the last day of the resurrection. Jesus said to her, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. Among our deepest yearnings is for light. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I am. I am the light of the world. At the point of our deepest yearning, we long to know the way. We yearn for truth and life. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? What did Jesus say? I am. 
the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. We come into the fold safely through Jesus as members of his flock. The image of the gate by which the sheep go out reflects Jesus' purpose in bringing God's saving love out to the world. What a wonderful symbol. In Jesus, God came into human history to save human beings. Jesus comes to us that we might have life and have it abundantly. From the very beginning of John's Gospel, my favorite Gospel, to the end, Jesus makes God known to us and brings God's merciful love into the places of our greatest yearnings. What kind of God is this? Well, I want you to tell me. I'd like you to turn in your prayer book to page 476. Amen.